if it's being viewed that many times, if people are messaging me and asking me to do similar uh, events or talks like what I'm sharing with you, this must mean that this is probably one of the number one things going on within people is who else but themselves can better support them mm -hmm. than themselves. Yeah. And that would require us really, really considering the things that we're sharing or speaking to ourselves when no one's around whether it's inaudible or, you know, we're saying things aloud, whether we're swearing out loud, that could be harmful to us because there's all types of loaded energy within everything we say. All right. Welcome to another episode of The Good People Effect. I'm Michael and thank you for tuning in for another rep. I'm really, really excited about where this show's going. It's really kicking off. I've managed to land a few influential people on the show that have really... Um, really solidified themselves as thought-provoking leaders in adventure, creativity, and purpose, one of which I'm speaking to today. It's Abria Joseph. So Abria and I met about six months ago at a handpan gathering. Uh, we, it was on the Great Ocean Road in front of the ocean underneath a million stars. We kind of bumped into each other one night and started talking. And the next day, I actually attended my very first yoga class with Abria. So yoga is now a really, really positive thing in my life and it's changed my life for the better. So Abria is going to give us a bit of insight into yoga. He's been studying it for over 18 years. He travels around the world with his company, Prana Force Yoga, putting positive messages and positive vibes out there for people and teaching them how to incorporate yoga in their life. So Abria has actually recently got over 500 thousand views on one of his videos on YouTube. That's half a million views. So he knows what he's talking about. We're going to be talking about personal development. We're going to be talking about how to kind of get over or get past that negative self-talk. So the bad things that we tell ourselves, he's going to give us a few sneaky strategies on how to kind of move past that and be in a more positive, productive space. So yeah, sit back, relax and enjoy this chat with Abria Joseph. Welcome to the Good People Effect, the podcast that surrounds you with the right people to ignite your sense of creativity, adventure, and purpose. Welcome, welcome, Abria. Uh, welcome to the Good People Effect, and I'm really, really happy and, and honored to have you here with me. Thanks so much, bro. No worries, no worries at all. Uh, so, as I said earlier, Abria runs Prana Force Yoga. Um, which is a, a worldwide yoga initiative. Abria, could you tell us a little bit about that and kind of how that started? Yeah, initially the uh, the idea to create a a business was more um, it was more personal. It was more um, uh, selfish in that I was really just trying to find a way that I could travel yeah. and um, a, a way that I could uh, sustain. Um, um, visiting different countries and being able to to still go and study and learn from the culture, but as well as share and offer what I had as um, gifts of knowledge of yoga, philosophy, asana, whatever it might be now, more so music. And um, what I did was I created Prana Force as a, a lifestyle business so that I could um, engage people and just share with them the basic ideas of like what, what are our needs and how can we create a, a lifestyle that is based around really covering our needs as opposed to what we might want to do. 
um, if it's something that I really need, then most likely um, I can find a way to, to thread it into um, something I also like to do within music or fitness or food or whatever it might be. So um, I developed this uh, idea for myself initially, and then I thought, you know, hey, I have people all around the world and friends now that I could just offer them um, a retreat or a workshop. And I, I kind of created my vision where I could funnel it in um, like a filtration system where I, I, I organized it um, to where I can now look at a, a map and then I can look at a calendar and I can look at all the uh, linear things that we know to be our reality and, and organize something where I'm where it can blend uh, a bit of the Western world of working and also be able to go into uh, maybe some deeper intentions of um, my own kind of spiritual practice or mindful practice of living life. And, and it's been a great because um, uh, Dream It Real and the idea of, I guess, that I use as a mantra is it's really simple. It's just, it's just about waking up. It's just about being more aware living our dreams as opposed to chasing or following our dreams to me is clear that it's not behind it's actually happening now yeah and that's just a different way to look at it for me that i, I like to approach, so. yeah definitely do you feel like everyone feel like everyone has the power to make that happen i feel that everyone has the um opportunity to i don't feel that everyone will do it based on um you know, we, we can get really uh, comfortable in certain lifestyle situations. We could be doing everything we actually want and feel comfortable with the paycheck that we have and, um, you know, uh, still get kind of slipped into this um, making money, paying bills, waiting for the next time where we can get off work and do a, like a little vacation time or as opposed to, you know, spending more time in planning our life as opposed to planning our vacation times or our times when we can go and do things it's yeah it's yeah. different yeah it's funny when that's how I feel. yeah a lot of people go away on these i guess uh vacations or short trips for a couple of weeks somewhere and and, and they love the kind of taste and i've done this before when i've been kind of stuck in the, in the nine to five grind and and stuck in that comfort zone that you were talking about as well because you're right it is kind of comfortable and you um, become a little bit complacent you don't really push yourself as as much as you'd like to but I guess it's a, a trap that a lot of people fall into and then yeah so you go away on these holidays or trips and and you get a taste of what it's like to kind of be free for a little bit and and it's it's so it's so empowering and, and I remember feeling myself you know this is so special and you know I need to do this more and while you're away you're in this really not chasing your dream but living your dream um, kind of reality or mindset and then you come back into the world and you kind of slowly but surely get back into that routine and back into that comfort and it kind of consumes you again like I remember actually going through all of that so it's definitely it's definitely a thing that happens and it's it's kind of scary when you think about the potential that people have within them that they that they never kind of choose to explore yeah absolutely I, I think it's um it's nice to know without judgment that um maybe whatever someone might be doing and living is also okay that for sure for sure um, they might be super content with you know doing that but uh, i i in particular because i am threaded and mixed into the the matrix of going and achieving and succeeding and yeah. doing this yeah i, I also 
figuring out how I can be in harmony with that idea and, and know that I don't have to do it, but I want to do it. And, and it is of service. And I think that makes it special. Yeah, now you're totally right. Like everyone is, of course, on their own journey. And some people are pretty comfortable being comfortable, I guess. Uh, but I feel like a lot of people out there probably aren't being in that position. And it's just about kind of finding it within themselves to do something about it as well. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was a bit of a rundown on, I guess, um, how Prana Force started. Have you have you felt that Prana Force kind of um, has evolved? Yeah, I feel the idea. I mean, the the way that I structured it or created this vision was really um, based on Richard Branson and Virgin um, Empire and how they you know were able to do so many things based on. Um, just looking at the needs of what people wanted before they knew they wanted it. Mm -hmm. And I feel that people really want and have always felt that people really want to connect um, community wise. They want to connect physically. They want to connect to nature. And like you said, you know, we, we get kind of going in the flow. Maybe um, we, we forget to slow down and, and it gets more challenging. So if, if people had a resource and a way to, um, to reach out to people that where, where prana force is now it's i think it's in kind of like a neutral space right now it's not like totally evolving to the point where i know it can be it's also because it's what's happening with me um i i'm slowing down realizing that gosh i've been traveling for so many years now straight that it's important for me to also take care of myself because physically it's demanding mentally it's a bit challenging and then spiritually, my like it takes time for me to catch up. Like my 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 energy is sometimes still in the country before, or I can wake up in a space and I don't know where I am. Like it doesn't happen all the time, but I'm like, where am I? Where am I waking up? If yeah. I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah. I'd much rather do that than at the moment than be in one place. But I'm really looking for the roots and foundations in different countries where I have all those communities. And eventually to the point where I can network and share my friends and my resources and say, without any hesitation, without any doubt or fear of loss of offering a friend or a connection to someone, that it's really in, in support of whoever's dreams might want to also go to Bali or might also want to go to Hawaii or Thailand or Australia, my friends there. And um, they're not mine. <laughs> they're just people that I'm connected to. So they're my friends and your friends, but they're all our friends. That's why where we connected playing handpans. Um, that's what it's about. And, and uh, I love that um, about the community of the, the, the Pantoms, the Hungs. And, yeah, and it's a really special so. community, isn't it? It's a really unique group of yeah. people that everyone's on this really... Kind of, it's, it's like a really, I wouldn't even know how to exp ex describe it. It's like a really um, relaxed, uh, comfortable, and um, everyone's kind of, you know, welcomes you with open arms. It's a really nice kind of feeling. You don't know people, but you feel like you've known them for a long time. And, and like you said, it's, it's, really, yeah, it's really great to connect with people no matter, you know, where you connect with them. But it's good to, you know, meet all these different people and have those connections. And like you said, go on this journey together in a way. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So how did all how did all this start, Abria? Like, how did you kind of begin this whole journey, and what what kind of made you kind of um, go go down this path? Um, in regards to the yoga, uh, I was in high school, and um, at the time I was in sports like 
you know, most kids are kind of um, sports and, you know, academic. And um, I started um, seeing this gal whose parents owned the yoga studio in the town that I lived in. And they had just offered and, and suggested, hey, you know, you can come and take yoga anytime. And I thought that, oh, this would be cool. This would be, you know, a, a nice experience. But also, like, I wanted to feel part of the family and kind of, you know, um, connect with all of them and um, impress them that I could go and do this. Um, and, you know, I had gone to class and it was so intense. It was a hot yoga class. And um, I don't think I had been pushed that way physically ever in my life. And I had been playing, you know, sports and football, American style and, you know, things that are physically demanding, but it wasn't about the physical. It was really the mental space. And um, in that expansion of um, a new kind of uh, venture, it gave me opportunity to explore and look at different things um, uh, more open. And it just opened my heart, I feel, maybe in a way that... Um, I never received through a bit of the dogma of being raised in a kind of religious family or sure. form. And yeah. it was, it was just more about um, feeling and that I know to be my reality is what I talk about a lot in consciousness. And, and um, from there, I guess it was just wanting and seeking and then really kind of praying or meditating on um, how can I be more aware and how can I be around people that are more conscious and, um, how can I be actually be instead of trying to constantly do? Uh, that's a totally different approach I'd never really thought about. So, um, so all this yeah, was happening at the age of what, like 16, 17? Yeah, from 16 to 19, in those first few years of um, physical yoga practice, I, I began pretty much immediately studying more of the philosophy because I, I, I got the physical. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty bend, bendy and flexible when I want to be and I train yeah. to be. But it was not about that for me. I'm, it satiated my ego enough to, to keep me excited for a little bit. But I wanted to know more about what these um, what the magic was all about. You know? Sure, sure. I was, I was actually introduced to the magic by you, Abria. We were, we were at Pan Oz and, and you were holding those yoga classes. And I actually, to this day, I'm not even just saying this because you're on the podcast, but to this day, that's been the best yoga kind of I've experienced. And I've since then, I've kind of tried heaps of different types of yoga because you kind of open my eyes to it all. And you're right, it kind of um, changes the way, I think it changes the way your mind works and changes the way your connection, uh, you, the connection you have with your with your body as well. Um, and it's really kind of, I feel like it calms your mind in a way that I haven't experienced before. And I'm really grateful for you, uh, to you for opening, you know, my eyes to that because it's a whole nother world. And it, I feel like it is really, um, you know, it really helps with all those other things we we're talking about before about dreaming it real because um, it kind of, I don't know, it just makes it a little bit easier to go, go down the path that you want to follow and kind of um, live your purpose a little bit more because you've got a bit more clarity, I guess, um, I've noticed. So yeah, yeah, I really, I really do appreciate that, Abria. I remember that class you got out, um, you got out the handpan. I think Louis walked in, and um, he played a few, few songs on the handpan for us, and it was just beautiful. And I remember um, Jordan, one of my friends, he didn't want to come back the next day because he was, it was so intense. And um, 
but then he ended up, I think he ended up coming back one day because of the feeling kind of brought him back because the feeling afterwards was just magical. You just, I don't know, I just felt like I was on another planet afterwards and, and for the next couple of hours as well, I was just kind of, felt real good. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful, brother. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate you sharing and I think that's where, um, that's where it all starts. Yeah. What you're sharing or what you're asking me and questions in regards to this lifestyle is that once we have a feeling so deeply that can move us in a way that um, we've never felt before, yeah. it's not like we're going out to experience the same thing. All we're asking or receiving in information is like a way to be able to be in that state at all times as best as we can, despite all of the challenges that we might have with work or relationships or life, you know, and this keeps things more in a nice harmony where um, my responses or my reactions are lesser of um, uh, a fight or flight, but more of can I just watch the situation that's happening that might be challenging me or this conversation I'm having with someone that's really not feeling me. They're just in their space in the cerebral, like really intelligent or ego way. It's sure. like it, it's a it's a dance, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's good to just kind of step away from everything and just look at it maybe with a little bit of curiosity and, and think, you know, well, I guess why why is this person coming at this from this angle or, you know, why is why is anything the way it is? Just kind of step back and, and not kind of attach your, yourself emotionally to immediately, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I feel what you're saying. So, um, we so you started off when you were what seventeen to 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 nineteen and and that you that's quite an early age I think for you to kind of go through that kind of uh, mind mindset shift and to go through all of that which I think obviously it was pretty serendipitous that you that you kind of went into this whole yoga studio and they started giving you these classes and it changed you from such a early age and now yoga's kind of taken you on this you know life. Um, trajectory you know to where you are today and traveling the world and kind of sharing sharing yoga with other people and sharing that kind of feeling with other people and that's kind of and it's even touched me it's going to come all the way to Melbourne and you've been all around the world um, can you share a little bit more about kind of how your lifestyles I guess structured and, and what happens like do you just jump on a plane and go somewhere or do you plan these things or how does it all happen yeah it's a good question um for me in particular, and I was speaking with a good friend about this just recently, and I was um, listening to her and how she explained how she doesn't buy flights to go places until like two weeks before. Mm -hmm. And for me in particular to, um, to create or use like the structure of how we've been raised within, you know, there's a year with a certain amount of days in it, with a certain amount of months in it, with a certain amount of, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And we have this certain timeline in which we can kind of lay out a map. And if you were to really think about um, or kind of uh, seek anyone that's been successful or um, consistent in uh, development of programs or um, business or uh, kind of um, a way to really make things happen, basically, a manifester, um, you'd want to see what they do to be able to, um, to lay out that, that plan. How far in the future do they look without any deep expectation that um, if it doesn't happen, can I be okay with it shifting? And then I can evolve and go into the flow as it comes. But in that moment, um, for me, I like to see it in a visual form. So I put out like a, literally I'll put out a map 
of the world and I'll look at places that I'd like to go. Um, but before I look at them, I have to understand what's there. So then I'll research what, what in that location, what's sacred in that space that I can go and study, who there is a contact, what can I do there to study or learn about the culture or a trade or a craft? How can I be of service to the people there? Once I know it and accumulates to more than just about me going on a vacation, I'm really in a full power manifest mode. Like um, the universe, I feel, will support me more than just going to hang out and pay for, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. my hotel. And um, that's how I get the visual. Once I get a visual, because the, the visual creates such a powerful brainwave in my mind, that brainwave creates an emotion for me. It can be something like goosebumps or I might be emotional to the point where I might become teary-eyed. That teary-eyed feeling moved from a brainwave in my mind into a feeling, an emotion that became into this reality, this dimension, which is what we know to be our space. How could something from the mind go into this reality? It would require a lot of attention and it would require a lot of concentration and require a lot of just completely surrendering to know that it might not actually happen. But if I can feel it, if I know my senses to be my reality, I have a much higher chance than manifesting it than if I didn't feel it so much. So this is how I would lay it out. You know, I would, I would really get pretty much into a, an emotional space with non-attachment, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Because I, d I don't know if something will happen or not. Um, uh, I don't know if my plan will work. And uh, at least I had a plan. And um, there's all kinds of analogies when you think about sports and business that people say. And um, like there's this acronym called KISS. And it's called um, Keep It Simple, Stupid. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that one a few times. And it's just like a basic way to like stay super clean if yeah. you can see things more simple if we can explain things more simple i think people will get it more effectively it's be it's also more accessible to people if it gets too complicated and there's too many turns and twists and there's this and that uh, people will become discouraged from manifesting what they know is their purpose or maybe they have no idea what their purpose is um how do we share with people like um, what you're doing now and creating a podcast, you've had a vision for this for a while, I could tell, because your um, your vision's clear and how you can be able to support and share information with people that will be able to be accessed around the world. Not everyone has that vision. They've thought of it. Not everyone will actually do it. They've talked about it. So to create steps that, you know, like an ABC or a one, two, three is nice. Sometimes that really helps, but... Mm it might be a little bit more detailed in each of those steps than we might think because then we get there and we're like, oh my gosh, now I need to get the equipment. Now I need to get the um, my battery charged. Now I need to set up the appointment. And then all the way to the end of the, that situation, it could just change. Like I had asked you, can we reschedule? And um, we were right there. But knowing that our intention is clear, yeah. that we will connect and that both of our hearts are in it, that's why we're talking now.
Definitely, definitely. There's a few very interesting points um, based on what you've just said, Abria. You've just blown my mind a little bit. Um, but w- especially with change and being open to change, I, I truly believe that that is quite a strength and I, I think a bit, maybe a bit of a skill that uh, I think um, a lot of people can kind of practice and, and kind of um, learn to adapt to, to change because that's, that's something that's certainly going to happen in life. Like things, things are always going to change and things might not always work out how you kind of think they might. And, and like you said, with making plans, like your plan could go in a completely different direction. And as long as you, as fluid as, as possible, um, you can kind of shift with that and kind of, um, you know, work with what you have and, and not get too, I get I guess, um, stuck on the plan that you used to have before it changed. Um, then I think your you, the journey becomes a lot easier. Um, maybe not easy, maybe easy isn't the right word, but it becomes a lot, you, you become a lot more balanced, I guess, as you're going, as opposed to, you know, being really attached to something and then being kind of broken when it doesn't work out the way that you thought that it had to work out. So I can definitely get some truth out of, of that for sure. And when it comes to goal setting, yeah, I, I can I completely agree. It's kind of like, you know, plan out what you want to do, but at the same time, keep it simple, allow for change and make sure you do kind of um, make take action. I mean, even if it's a small action to kind of work towards what you want or, um, you know, what your dream is, then then, it, then that's a big thing. You could begin by just simply writing a small um, task down for one day it could be the smallest thing but as long as you've started to do something and started to I guess generate that um, positive momentum in the right direction then um, at least you're moving in in a, in, a, in a direction instead of just kind of I guess floating um, so yeah I think that's good stuff I feel like people could probably get something out of all of that somehow <laughs> yeah. yeah no definitely yeah um, so I want to come back to the yoga practice just for a second because I mean that does really, really, really intrigue me. Um, what do you do? You think that it's kind of affected other aspects of your life? Um, yoga and breathing. Do you feel like it's had an, a kind of a positive impact um, on your world in another way rather than just giving you a purpose? Yeah, for my experience or my perspective that without the physical um, connection to the body and a way to link it directly um, with, a, with an ether cord like, like my spine and all the uh, nerves and things, w- without that connection coming from both different spaces, because um, I've been at points in my life where I could feel definitely less connection to my body and I was so linked into my head. And to the point where my body could go numb and I'm not feeling it, you know, from sitting so long or, you know, um, really focusing just on schoolwork and, and not being able to, like, just let my body be free. Um, I'm just giving examples of what most of us might go through in our yeah. life as we, we grow through the, the matrix of, of uh, society or living in a culture. But um, without the... the Physical movement doesn't have to be asana per se, you know, yoga postures are beautiful, but even the, the um, emphasis on them might be a little bit unnecessary, you know, to, um, what do you mean? Uh, like the way that you do the postures or, or the, the need for them at all, or, well, I mean, um, say for example, you have someone that's in their seventies or eighties and they can't physically move their body at this point in their life to the point how we can, or how they may have used to be able to. Yeah. But, um, 
just being able to simply scan through and draw attention on the body um, can be just as powerful as physically moving the body. But because we're in a culture where physically moving the body is so important, um, based on how we look and being able to have nice uh, movement, you know, range of motion, uh, that older person um, may uh, get just as much benefit for them in their life at this point because they can't move, but they can feel that um, just thinking about it and putting really beautiful intention and awareness around it um, could be just as empowering for them. Yeah, yeah. For for me, because of physical injuries and things that I've had, it's really powerful for the maintenance of my physical body, knowing that I'm still using it in a way that's quite active and traveling, sitting in planes for a long time, playing in concerts or, you know, speaking and lecturing. I just, uh, I really feel it's important to move or make adjustments because majority of the time you had mentioned this earlier and you're kind of hitting on a really powerful topic is that majority of the reason why we move in asana is not to feel more fit or more well it was initially set up to prepare the body for meditation which it doesn't mean sitting cross-legged it means to sit in a form of mindfulness of awareness of the physical and beyond the physical so um i don't need to sit down and cross my legs in lotus position i could just be standing in line and I can go into a meditative state of being. Um, and it's because my I know how to set maybe my body in a way that has the least amount of suffering because gravity is pulling on me mm-hmm. and the stresses or the strains of my body's um, past injuries or karmas, whatever I've gone through, um, I know how to, to kind of set myself up. It's kind of like putting it through a little uh, diagnosis. I'm checking inventory. I'm looking at where my foot position is. I'm feeling if my stomach's drawn in. I'm drawing my shoulders back. All these things are like kind of nice things to talk about, you know, when I'm when I'm at least by myself because no one's going to do it for me. Who's going to ever tell me how to keep my posture right except for my mom? She's the only one that's ever told me to adjust myself because she knows. Yeah. And I, that... Uh, um, for me, the, the physical asana in, in depth is really powerful, and it's nice to evolve into physical depth, like to go really bendy into a posture. But if someone couldn't do it necessarily, then I think it would be nice just to give them or to remind myself that going deep doesn't mean always going deep physically. Yeah, Going deep might mean not going physically deep, but going deeper within how I feel and how I think. Um, so I'm not so um, in the mind, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's kind of um, stepping away from the mind, I guess, or or kind of um, putting the monkey mind at rest and kind of just being a little bit more mindful and, and like you said, preparing yourself um, for meditation, which is, yeah. which is how you kind of feel after a good yoga session. You kind of feel like you're ready to meditate and... Um, yeah, it's all, always a nice, nice, or a nice kind of way into a meditation session, beginning with a yoga practice. Um, so, have you kind of done different types of yoga? Have you always kind of just stuck to a couple of different areas? Yeah, different styles of physical yoga that I um, began with was the hot 
yoga yeah. called Bikram yoga. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, that worked very well for me because of the structure and the discipline and the physical and mental kind of um, challenge. As uh, I started in that same style practice, I was also practicing Ashtanga and um, an Iyengar style practice. And as people know that know the, the, the world of um, Eastern kind of lifestyle, there's different teachers um, that evolved um, and created their own schools of thought and physical mental practice. And as those schools developed and other teachers that studied under them, students that became teachers then re-evolved it and kind of changed it. And this is where there's so many styles of yoga now. There's heaps, um, yeah. Yeah, so just finding out what resonates with you, whether it's more of a, a physical practice or more of a meditative practice or more of an audible practice within yeah. chanting or whatnot, then then people can get a blend of what works well for them. Um, I, I've studied a, a few different styles and have you know a few certificates of um, different methods, but the way that I share and teach is a combination of an accumulation of all those things and also what moves through me as a, from my perspective, for example, like I'm just sharing information that a lot of people may have heard before, but this is how I'm sharing it, you know, mm-hmm. it makes it different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where, uh, students, um, when they're first coming into practice, if I were to suggest to anyone is to really just feel and have a connection with who the teacher is, if the teacher is able to emanate or represent um, something that they would also wish to feel in their being, because they're feeling it by watching that teacher, mm-hmm. and that's a direct line to um, a way to be able to mimic or copy or replicate uh, that within ourselves. I think that's how I've been able to find it. I've just found teachers in that similar form yeah. um, and thought, wow, if they're really in this representation as best as they can be, how can I feel that and embody it in myself would mean I'd have to see it from someone that's living it. Yeah. Not talking about it. Mm-hmm. I want to see that they can do it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that I need to be super bendy and flexible. That might be a teacher that I'm not really seeking, but I'm seeking the philosophy that they, they, they can share for me in a, in a more cognitive space. Like I, I also love the theories. I love the ideas. I love analogies. I love to be able to picture something so much that it moves me. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I definitely see that. Um, I just want to change gears a little bit, Abria, because I am curious about something. Um, I, I saw one of your TED Talks on negative self-talk. So I think um, it's great that we've touched on how you can maybe even find find like-minded people around the world find a yoga teacher that you can really resonate with and philosophies that kind of connect with you. Uh, but I kind of want to touch on, you know, when you can't connect with yourself at times um, because of your own kind of mind and your own kind of negative self-talk because that talk that you gave, uh, that TED talk you gave really hit me, hit me deep and I really kind of connected with what you were saying and it made a lot of sense and I, I kind of want some other people to hear hear what that's all about. So what's your uh, perception on, on the things we tell ourselves sometimes? It's a really good question, you know, because I've been, I've been receiving emails and personal messages from people on Facebook and Instagram that have watched this particular talk and sure. um, have shared with me um, how much it has moved them or how inspired they've become or how they've it's helped them remember what's important. And 
I looked at the YouTube um, and it's been getting like over 2,000 views per day. Mm-hmm. So, because so I saw it. It's it, helping that, a lot of people, which is good. Yeah. Or, or, you know, maybe it's just giving the spark to someone to help them remember. And the idea with that is that if it's being viewed that many times, if people are messaging me and asking me to do similar uh, events or talks like what I'm sharing with you, this must mean that this is probably one of the number one things going on within people is who else but themselves can better support them mm-hmm. than themselves. Yeah, And that would require us really, really considering the things that we're sharing or speaking to ourselves when no one's around, whether it's inaudible or, you know, we're saying things aloud, whether we're swearing out loud, that could be harmful to us. Because there's all types of loaded energy within everything we say. We can say um, yes in a positive way. We can say yes in a negative way. Because if someone got um, tackled and got hurt, someone could be happy about that. If someone got uh, scored a touchdown and said yes, we could be happy about that. It, It could go both ways. And I think that the mind is so powerful that um, if we're going to start anywhere, you know, um, in at least kind of shifting gears, because uh, I don't think necessarily people go straight to the heart to start feeling. They don't put their hands on their heart. If someone's really frustrated or you've played football before, like soccer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever tried to kick a goal towards the um, the, the, the goalie? Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely gone for a shot have or you, two. Have you ever missed? Yeah, yeah, more times than, than not. And if you've missed when you kick the goal, where do your hands go? To your hands. No, head. like if you're really frustrated, yeah. if you're really I guess if you're really you emotionally miss. charged in the moment, you'd kind of put your hands to your head and kind of, kind of scream in, I guess, disappointment. Yeah, in the heat of the moment, I could see that. Interesting, right? Mm. Why would someone scream and yell and grab their head and hold their head? I think because it, it's such an intense moment, and you're kind of you've put a lot of kind of investment in that that last kick. Absolutely. So if you were to look at a ton of videos of people kicking a goal towards the goal, mm. kicking a ball towards the goal, yeah. majority of those people will, if they miss, they'll reach for their head and hold their head in frustration. That's because the pain is going there. They're they're feeling the stress in their brain of missing that goal. If someone's really, really like, if they make a goal, they're either beating their chest, they're hugging someone chest to chest. Mm. You notice how that happens? I've never thought about that before. Yeah. Mm. So it's just kind of like, what points in the body do we want to connect to? How are we going to be able to speak from a space that's not so negative? And especially if it's something that's not true, especially if it's something that hasn't happened. I don't know. I think the best way to go about it is maybe considering that we can we can ask each other questions, and maybe we can find uh, uh, those questions that we can just ask ourselves if no one's there to help us. Majority of the time, we're going to be alone. So if I'm going to have anyone rally on my team, it better be me. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where uh, I found that sharing this talk when I was offered the opportunity to share. Um, was more, I was really thinking, feeling, how can I talk uh, 
deeply about voices. I think the, the deepest voice that I know in my life is my own. And it's the one that I hear in my head. There's also the voices that I hear from the people around me. Those are highly influential. And so um, I think this topic is really big because it does touch on consciousness. It does touch on awareness of all of my senses, my sense organs, my skin, smell, taste, um, sight, and sound. Mm -hmm. And with those senses active, then I can really start to feel and acknowledge if the negative thoughts are helping me in any of those sense organs. Because if they're not and I'm feeling suffering, it's not like I'm needing to move away or run away from the suffering because I'm not in an actual dangerous position, but I am in a fearful state. When I'm in a fearful state, I say and I do things that could harm me or other people. And that's like the, last, that's like the number one thing that I don't want to do mm -hmm. ever unless I'm needing to do it to protect myself or someone that I love or other people that I don't know that that I, I can help. It's so interesting when and, you're in that state, you kind of don't even realize what, what's going on. It's kind of like that part of your, your conscious mind where it's kind of, I guess, a little bit more logical just goes away and the irrational side comes out and you become this person that you know you're really not. Some That can definitely happen sometimes. I found it really interesting when you spoke about the things that haven't even happened yet. So a lot of people get so worked up about these kind of um, false sense of realities or these kind of projections that they come, these negative projections that they kind of come up with in their mind. And it comes back to uh, what you were saying earlier when you were kind of saying, well, dream it real. If you, if you, if you want, you, can, you have the power within yourself to create your own reality. And that could be a positive reality or it could definitely be a negative one if you're kind of projecting these um, negative things that haven't happened and, and it's just kind of like a repetitive cycle. So I find that kind of like an interesting, I guess, connection point. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's, uh, for me, I've manifested really bad situations that have happened to me because I focused on them so much. Yeah. You know, um, riding my motorcycle, um, uh, around a racetrack when I'm trying to keep up with people that are faster than me, but I'm not yet ready there physically and mentally. The skills aren't there yet. And I'm thinking I'm going to hit this line and I'm going to slide and crash. If I kept focusing on it, I did. And then I crashed. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, okay, do what I can do physically and mentally within my means. That's not pushing me to the point of putting the story, this other story that made it actually happen uh, in my head. Um, or getting on an airplane, knowing that I have a, a, a flight to catch just after. And um, I'm running the story in my head. I'm like, I'm not going to make this flight. I'm not going to make this flight. Yeah, well, if I keep thinking, considering that, I probably won't make the flight. And the thing is, if I haven't exhausted all my resources to make sure to not like to make it, mm -hmm. if, I, if, if I don't reach out to some administration or staff that can help get me past all the other people mm. or tell them, hey, what's my options here, yeah. then I haven't really given myself an opportunity to make the flight. Yeah. I've actually been a little bit too complacent um, in, in, in changing the, the thing that, you know, I, I, haven't, I haven't thought of everything yet. Yeah, how you're meant to focus on, you know, getting shit done if you're kind of focusing on everything that could go wrong you know what i mean it's it's those micro moments definitely and i think if you change start changing those micro moments and and turn that into like a bit of a positive habit then that just kind of keeps rolling and 
and then you know naturally you kind of um, go into that mind frame as opposed to kind of defaulting into the negative one so yeah that's right yeah yeah how do you how would you kind of how else would you kind of help well tell people like what would you tell people to kind of push past those kind of negative kind of um, barriers that we kind of impose upon ourselves do you have any other kind of like I guess tips or anything that you do yeah I mean, the the number one thing is is to um, for for me in particular is just to stop. If if I can physically just stop what I'm doing for a moment, drop, um, drop back into my heart and realize that maybe ask those questions. You know, um, is what I'm doing or saying or what I'm hearing or feeling the truth? Okay. Um, is it necessary and does it improve upon everything that I'm really meant to be doing here? When I am able to do that, I can usually drop into my heart more clearly. If I don't drop into my heart, it's because my mind is, is being fed by anger, fear, or hate. And, and usually those three things in combination will destroy the opportunity to come into heart space because my ego is being fed with the fact that I want to continue and keep arguing. I want to win this. Yeah. I want to beat this person up. I want to break this piece of, you know, metal or uh, whatever the scenario is of that's around me that I can, I can try to lay it out on somebody else and I Mm -hmm. won't take the responsibility because I'm maybe I'm not ready to. Sure. You know, sure. Um, But the tips could be number one is, breathing mm-hmm. um number two is um is uh kind of just like uh using um a, a space where i can get comfortable i mean i don't have to lie down but I, I ultimately if my body can be in a like a more comfortable space i have a higher chance of um uh relaxing and getting out of the head sure um so the breathing and the physical and then um, uh, I, I think that the third thing might be like um, getting ourselves in a, um, that's that's this part of comfortable, but getting ourselves in a safe place um, away from um, anything that might stir us to, to be reactive again. Yeah. So it might be going into a, a room or into nature or into something that would um enable us to be empowered and free something that we feel really good about um if that's possible to do in the location or the time or space that we're in sometimes it's in a plane and i have nowhere to go if um, i'm hearing something that i don't like or you know i'm I'm not trying to block anything out i'm just trying to be where i am Mm -hmm. before my mind starts creating a story again that's not real yeah yeah i think those are a couple things that someone may be able to do um the, the other thing is that where we set our eyes, um, you know, because what we see in the visual cortex is really important because it takes in the information. And if we're looking at something that might be not so um, supportive, if I'm looking at something, a color or a shape or something like broken glass, you know, so we get in a car accident and if I cannot look at the glass or, you know, you'll hear like, firemen or you know paramedics say look at me look at me and not like what might have happened around them yeah yeah yeah. there's a reason why you know what i'm saying so 
Um, it all goes back to senses, man. It goes back to everything that we know to be our reality. Yeah. I just talked about the breath. I talked about the kinetic. I talked about the visual. Sure. Those are three of the five that we know to be our reality. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would say be a student to all of our sense organs. And, and usually we can tap out of the, the matrix or what might be pulling us to, to um, be free and at peace cool man i i think that's awesome and i'm definitely going to apply some of those things next time i feel like that and and those three questions as well so what what were those three questions you asked yourself again so is this um is this true is this the truth is this kind of what's really going on what was the second one is this necessary is it necessary do i need to be feeling this way right now is this going to be something that's going to help push me in a better direction or is it going to make things worse and what was the third one and does this improve upon the silence does this improve upon the silence would you want to explain this one what do you mean well yeah Yeah. this one's kind of a tricky one because is if what i'm saying right now is bettering the space for so if i'm saying something aloud or if i'm saying something within my head Mm -hmm. Is what I'm saying aloud in benefit for the person that I'm speaking to and myself? Okay. Is it going to help the situation, um, or is it going to uh, make it worse? Because if I say something, it's not just what I say; it's how I say it. If I say something really, really um, uh, harshly, but it could be just a really basic word. Like um, I'm asking a question to somebody and I say, for example, what did you say? In your res- and, and I asked that question to you, or if I changed it to a different way, what'd you say? Yeah. That's a totally different feeling because mm-hmm. the way I said it was much more fierce and I could feel my face get tight. Yeah, you just and get a different, receive, receive a different energy off you just then. Yeah, I've never seen you in that state before, Abria. <laughs> that's Oh, yeah, I can definitely go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I no, mean, I... it's, it's something that's, um, it's my my way of protecting myself too. If someone ever were to put me into harm or sure. I've been in situations, you know, where I'm looking out for other people, mm-hmm. it's like my, my guardianship kind of comes out and I, I really get in that. Well, in that in that specific scenario, you would kind of that would that would move you to a better kind of space than you were before. So that would actually help you out. But uh, most of the time, I guess you don't really. There's no need for that kind of energy. I guess. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I'd like to be able to walk away at that point or before that, whatever happens. For sure. An opportunity happen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, this has been uh, a good little chat, Abri. I do appreciate you making the time. Like you said, we were struggling a little bit when you were in Kazakhstan. It was good that we kind of got got a few minutes to kind of have a bit of a chat here. And I feel like uh, we've touched on a few interesting points that hopefully people can kind of get something out of. I know I've kind of already got something out of this chat with you and I'm sure there's many more to come in the future and we might even cross paths when I'm on, on my trip. But yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on to the, the show, Abria, and, and thank you again for introducing me to the world of yoga because it honestly has 
uh, change the way I see things, change the way I feel and change the, the connection I have with my own body. So I do appreciate that. And I, I, I guess I encourage a lot more people to, I guess, try yoga out if they haven't and give it a go because why not? Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on your podcast and um, huge success and support and service and helping other people feel what they uh, what they wish to live in their dreams too. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Good People Effect. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Arbria Joseph. Hope you got something out of it. I'm going to be throwing on a little bit of Arbria's handpan playing next. So if you've got a few moments and you're open to it, I'll listen to it. It's pretty cool. It's pretty chill. Uh, so if you haven't had a chance to rate the show yet, please do. Leave a review, leave a rating on iTunes. It always helps. I'm going to read my latest one out. It's by Streep Train and it's all aboard the good people effect. Choo-choo. It's just a little emoticon of a train. So thanks, Streep Train. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to get in touch, feel free to do so. Jump on the website, goodpeopleeffect.com and click on contact. You can send me a message. If you want a certain guest on the show, if you want to give me a feedback about things you're not liking or you think I could do better or... Uh, you're really enjoying at the moment. I appreciate all feedback and it's the only way I can grow. So please, please, please get in touch if you feel inclined to do so. I highly recommend you check out Prana Force Yoga, Arbria's initiative. And if you want to find out a little bit more on Arbria's speaking about negative self-talk and watch the video, then the links will be available on the show notes section of the website. Anyways, uh, here's a bit of Arbria's handpan playing. I hope you like it.